Next on BYU Sports Nation, game day for BYU basketball on the agenda. A sixth straight win. Everything you need to know before tip-off with the Portland Pilots. Parody taking over in the WCC. Is that a good thing? We'll ask West Coast Conference Commissioner Jamie Zaninovich in a live interview. Plus, we debate in another edition of Big Deal, No Deal, random facts of awesomeness from Portland and what Jimmer did last night. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Thursday, game day, January 23rd. Greetings from BYU Sports Nation. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with one of the 10 best-dressed men currently living in Springville, Utah. Probably not true, but I'm excited it's game day. Game day is always exciting. His name Let's is Jerem Jordan, ladies and gentlemen. You're a well-dressed man, whether you like it or not. Dude, you you are dressed up and I am not. You're just <laughs> rubbing it in my face. Wherever and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. BYU men's hoops at Portland tonight. You're about to get educated on the matchup. Game day for BYU women's hoops as well. The ladies still getting votes in the rankings. They host San Francisco tonight. On the NFL front, Kyle Van Noy making a case for most valuable player, at least through the practice sessions this week, at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, he continues to impress and does a nice job. And now the national folks are continuing to see what we know and what they've kind of heard, which is, hey, Kyle Van Noy's a pretty good football player. And if you watch the film on him, you'll know just how good he is. So to get in these drills and impress is a nice thing. Hopefully he has a great game Saturday and continues to raise his stock and get drafted in May. We talked about Kyle Van Noy and how you would describe him. I like the Cobra comparison where he strikes super fast. He goes from slow to fast in a, in a hurry. Start-stop speed is crazy. NFL guys are starting to see that. Join the conversation. Use the new and more concise hashtag BYUSN. Comment on our Facebook page and sound off on today's Twitter topic which is this. Which BYU hoops player needs to step their game up to compensate for the banged-up bigs? We've talked about Eric Mika, some residual effects to the hip injury. Uh, He's not 100%. And then Nate Austin sprains his ankle on Tuesday in practice. Uh, X-rays were negative. That's the good news. But with a sprained ankle, you'd think he's... BYU hasn't said that he won't play, but if you sprained an ankle on Tuesday and got an X-ray, you're probably not playing No way he's playing tonight. Or Saturday. Which is, an, which is a whole other topic. So which BYU Hoops player needs to step up? Wayne using hashtag BYUSN on Twitter or on our Facebook page. Can I choose a, a, a few players? How about just a category? Three-point shooting. <laughs> you know what? It's the great equalizer. Yes, it is. The Cougars shoot the ball well from downtown. It makes up for banged-up big men. It just does. That's what I feel. Include location when sending your tweets in. We want to know where you're tweeting at us from across BYU Sports Nation. You can listen to our show weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. Our show always on demand at BYURadio.org. Rebroadcast weekdays at 7 Eastern. Rise and shout, BYU Sports Nation. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Buying in. College basketball expert of CBS Sports, Doug Gottlieb, also a radio host, joined BYU Sports Nation earlier this week and said, look, early this season, he didn't really feel like BYU had bought in all the way. Uh, Well, early on in the season, I mean, they're a fun team to watch because they can all play a little bit. Um, I think Dave Rose's offensive schemes are fantastic. Their issue was kind of buying in and being gritty defensively, just getting a stop here or there. They just weren't weren't doing it against teams that high-caliber team. Not so much on the offensive side, Jerem, but defensively. That's what Doug Gottlieb pointed out. Have they bought in now? Five straight wins would certainly favor their case, would it not? Yeah, it's helped, and Santa Clara ends up scoring 81. Still too much for my comfort, but BYU scored 91. And Santa Clara made a push and a, and a blowout, whatever. Yeah, BYU needs to play better defense if they're going to win the bigger games or road games at all, as LMU and Pepperdine proved. Sometimes you're not going to shoot the ball well. Right. The things you can control are two things, in my opinion. Defensive rebounding and, yeah, I forgot. Sorry, your defense and rebounding. Yeah. Or defensive rebounding. Just kidding. So you can play solid. That was the kind of Provo High mentality that we learned when we called the Provo and Timfew games 
when Chris and Kyle Collins were with Brandon Davies were there. Bronson Kafusi was at Tim Few and that. That Provo always played great defense. They didn't always have good offense, but they could control their defense and rebounding. And so if BYU has a poor shooting night, you can do that. Tim Lacombe, BYU assistant coach, in studio yesterday and said that the team has now begun to learn and embrace those roles. You know, every guy wants to come here and lead the team in scoring and lead the team in rebounding and lead the team in minutes. And the reality of it is that isn't going to happen every year for every guy. And so our guys, like I said, have all been assigned different roles, and I think they've bought in, and that's why we're having success. At the top of the list in embracing roles, Matt Carlino. Mario Carlino. Matthew Mario Carlino, however you want to see it. We asked Tim Lacombe if Matt would ever start again. No surprise, he said, well, I'm not sure why we would try and change it up. And Matty Basketball says he's not trying to necessarily get his starting spot back. I'm not fighting anything. I mean, I just, I'm trying to play my best, try to get better every day. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's just all about improving. Um, you know, just uh, whatever minutes I get, I mean, I'm, I'm good with it. Like, it's, you know, it's coach's decision. So if he plays me two minutes or 32 minutes, I mean, that's up to him. Matt coming off a 15.9 assist. No turnover performance. Who's next to get it going? Topic two. Step your game up. As Jerem just mentioned, the BYU bigs certainly banged up. That might be an understatement. Nate Austin out with an ankle injury. We're not sure the extent of that. We're speculating he is day-to-day because that's kind of the information we've received. Uh, But when you have an ankle sprain... It's just not something that heals quickly. How in the world would he play tonight if, if they had an x-ray on it? Not happening. It's not happening. So someone else has got to step up. And yesterday we talked to Portland head coach Eric Reveno, and I asked him what individual matchup is the toughest for him. Here's what he said. Matchup-wise, Kyle Collinsworth, I'm still trying to get my hands around. You know, I think he's a big addition, and his, his versatility uh, uh, is something that, you know, and his size, you know, they moving, moving him around and then what position I think is a, is, a, is a tough matchup. Kyle Collinsworth is a matchup nightmare. Every coach knows it. We've been saying it for weeks now. And that's a perfect segue to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Heck yes, it is. Kyle Collinsworth during the five-game win streak has the following numbers, ladies and gentlemen. 32 minutes played, which is up four minutes from his season average. 16.8 points per game, 7.4 rebounds per game, 5.2 assists per game, 2.4 steals per game. Do you know what he's shooting from the field? 64%. That's today's stat of the day. I have that written down as excellent. Kyle Collinsworth continues to stuff the stats. Every time I hear that music, I want to watch I Dream of Genie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I dream of Kyle Collinsworth stuffing the stats. So to me, Kyle Collinsworth needs to continue to play at a high level because he's raising the game. Like the tide is higher and everyone's riding this wave because Kyle is playing at such a high level, in my opinion. And then when Matt comes off the bench and takes the point guard spot from it, Kyle will get the inbound, but when you sort of have this hybrid two point guard thing going on, when Matt or Mario Carlino, as we've called him during this five game win streak, uh, plays well, then that continues to lift everyone else. Kyle Collinsworth makes all of this happen. I couldn't agree more. He, he is so versatile and he does so many different things that he is the reason this whole Matt Carlino sixth man thing just works. It just works. We just got this note, by the way. The coaches are hopeful that Nate Austin wow. will play tonight. Wow. We'll, we'll update you if we get anything new, but uh, ho- Nate Austin, despite a sprained ankle on Tuesday, is the coaches are hopeful he'll play tonight against Portland. Look, the realist mentality that Jeremy and I sometimes share. Jeremy has it all the time. Sometimes I guess I don't have the realist mentality. Someone's got to have it. But that is that coming off an ankle injury, that's really tough. Personal experience, I mean, I played basketball. I've had ankle injuries. It's hard I've never to go. sprained my ankle, and I play basketball all the time. I've just been lucky. So I don't know what that's like. But what I've been told is that it, like two days later after you get an x-ray, that... Wow. Your ankle's okay. huge, but if they can control the swelling and they have top-level team doctors and whatnot, maybe he'll play. I hope he plays. That'd be a huge boost for BYU. If he's effective. Now, now we learned from Riley Nelson, right, that if you're injured and you're ineffective, that's maybe there's a different move that could happen. Uh, so 
the coaches won't play Nate. And you smile as I bring up Riley Nelson's name. The, the coaches won't play him if they don't think he's going to be effective in some way. I'm smiling because our producer, Ben Bagley, just asked me what level of basketball I played at. He said that the Ninth Ward All-Stars, come on! I played, played varsity basketball at Northridge High School in Layton, Utah, Listen. with one Daniel Coates, former BYU basketball That's player, right. and Maddie Motti, who played at Weber State University. We had a team. We were good. We were ranked number two in the state. Hey, that's nice. I played as a sophomore <laughs> and averaged 1.9 points per game at Copper Hills High School. There's Almost your ni- Silver Siliaga, who played for the Patriots. Over the weekend. There's your ninth word All-Stars, Ben Bagley. <laughs> look, our producer feels like he can say whatever he wants now because BYU assistant coach Tim Lacombe came in here and said, look, the reason your show has any ground, any traction at all, I'm giving all the credit to Bags. He is kind of right. Yeah. What? <laughs> so uh, so hopefully Nate can go tonight. Yes. But Kyle Coll- who steps up? Kyle Collinsworth is part of that conversation. Uh, Matt Carlino can de- needs to continue to play at a high level. I'm not sure that there's a single individual that replaces him because BYU does not have the post depth to just say, you know what, you plug in Josh Sharp and he replaces him. Nate Austin's the second leading rebounder in the entire conference at 8.2 per game. There's some value to that, uh, to what Nate brings. He draws a couple of charges. I mean, Nate, Nate is a, Nate's a, a solid player. Uh, I wish that BYU is in a position where he came off the bench as opposed to start, but they don't have the depth in the post, so he's a starter, and they need him. Eric Mika, his situation, and, and we had learned this from talking to the coaches and the players, is just getting over that, that mental hump, if you will, where it's like, okay, do I really believe everything's okay? Can, can I go full steam ahead? He's physically hesitant. Yes. You just you hesitate a little bit because you want everything to be okay, but you're not, you're not necessarily fully confident that everything is healed properly. So... Greg Rebell joined the voice radio voice of the Cougars joined us this week. He said when Eric dunked and when he when he makes some plays, that starts to naturally come back. And when when Eric is able to make plays, you notice that. You you get the swagger back, you get the confidence back, but it's a progressive thing. It's not an all at once like I can go full steam ahead right now. I I'm better. That you have to understand that as a fan and as someone who watches BYU basketball, it's gonna take a little bit of time for him to kind of get back into the, the groove. I hope that BYU's in a position where they're up big at the end of the game where he doesn't have to play tonight. That would be the ideal situation because one, BYU wins, and then two, they can rest Mika. For Gonzaga! If you're just joining us, we're talking about who needs to step their game up. We just got word that the BYU coaches are hopeful that Nate Austin will play, which is a shocker to Jeremy and I yeah. after an ankle injury. Who needs to step up? That is our Twitter question of the day. With some banged up bigs. Sound off using the hashtag BYUSN. Right now, we do this every time we match up with one of our friendly foes, wherever they may be. It's time to delve into the random facts of awesomeness, dealing specifically with the University of Portland. BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, we do. It is Portland. I'm starting it off, Jerem. I'm going to go a little bit off the radar. It Bring, still deals with Portland. I lived in Portland until I was 11. Okay, then you should know this. You have no excuse not I'm, to know this. I'm not going to know everything you ask me. Starting five for the 1992 Portland Trailblazers <laughs> NBA Western Conference champions. Terry Porter, Clyde Drexler, Jerome Kersey, Kevin Duckworth, and Buck Williams. Yes! Yes! You, that's, like, five years ago, I still had a poster up of that team. Uh... How do you pronounce the river that runs through downtown Portland? Uh, the Columbia <laughs> River? No. I don't know. Willamette. <laughs> it's commonly pronounced Willamette. It's Willamette. Where's the Columbia River? The Columbia River divides Washington and Oregon. That's a little north. Okay. It's not far. Okay. Probably 10, 15 miles past it. Well, I'm trying. I lived in Vancouver, Washington as well, which is on the other side. Okay. Religious affiliation... For the University of Portland. The Roman Catholic Church. What was the originally founding religious affiliation? Uh, Jesuit. No. Oh. Methodist mm. Episcopal Church. Oh, 1891. Tr- taken tr- over by the Roman Catholics a little while later. What's the unofficial slogan of the city listed on the back of a building by the main Voodoo Donuts store? I've said it on this program. Let's get weird. Close. That's, that's workaholics. Keep Portland weird. Oh! It's an unofficial Close enough. slogan. Give me the ding, ding, ding. Yes. No. <laughs> National titles for Portland women's soccer, Jerem. How many? Mm. 
I went to a North Carolina Portland game when I was younger. Um, I'll go. I'll go two. That is correct. Nice. Two thousand two, two thousand five. Can you name a prominent women's soccer player from the U.S. team that played at Portland? Tiffany Milbert and Shannon Miller. That's right. You, you're, there's one other. She has blonde hair. It's short. She made the pass to Abby Wambach for that crazy header goal in the last second against Brazil. Uh, I don't know. Megan Rapino. Okay. Very good. In 1845, there was a coin flip to name the city of Portland, Portland, or another city that existed in the United States at the time. What was the other city? Oh. <laughs> I don't it's a, know. It's, it's a popular city. Uh, Dallas. Boston. Oh, okay. There's literally a coin flip, and Portland won. Otherwise, it would have been Boston, Oregon. But there's also Portland, Maine. Keep that in mind. Interesting. Jerem, tell me a prominent alumni not related to soccer from the University of Portland. Hmm. A prominent alumni. No, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. He is. Oh, wait, wait. Casey, Casey Keller. But he's related to soccer. Oh, related to soccer. The head coach of the Miami Heat. Oh, yeah. Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra. Bruno Mars. What's the mascot name? What's the name? Like Cosmo for BYU? Uh... Peter the pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Wally pilot. I have no idea. Hey, by the way, what is a pilot? Uh, It's a guy that flies a plane. Nope. It's not related to planes. It's it's the guy that, uh, he's like the air traffic controller, but on water with the use of a tugboat. That's what the the Portland pilot is in reference to. Did you know that before you looked it up? Like today? Uh, I had to remind myself because I had uh, looked that up before. 2007, BYU TV did the game at Portland. And I sidelined that game, and so I had to I had to learn some stuff. Okay, so you're drawing on knowledge. Yeah, this can, was especially fun for that. me as a uh, former resident, and my wife's from the area, so we go back. Love me some Portland. Really, the thing you need to remember most is that Chris Siegfried, reality TV star and most recent winner of ABC's The Bachelorette, also a Portland University alumni. As Christian Bale once said, "Good for you." <laughs> that wraps up. Know the foe. I always enjoy that segment. I don't know if I'll remember any of that stuff, other than what I studied. But. I'm really glad you asked the Port Bla- uh, Portland Trailblazers question. I am wearing a Rip City shirt today, which I realized. Wait, BYU is playing Portland, but it's the Blazers, okay. so I'll give you. I yeah. will give you don't, that out. BYU Sports Nation, don't 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 hate, don't hate. Let's get to some tweets. It's winter time. Which BYU hoops player needs to step their game up to compensate for the banged up bigs? At Laser Sheep, it has to be Josh Sharp. His hustle that will help the Cougs maintain their pace. He is capable, has scoring ability. Sharp always gets me excited as a fan when he makes something happen that sparks the team. Virginia Tech caliber dunk overdue. Yes. At Old School BYU, FB3. Does he mean the fourth? Yeah. Frank Bartley? Frank the Bartley fourth? the third? He, he, is, he is the fourth. So Frank Bartley's dad? That's who he wants to step up for BYU? I think, I think Old School BYU meant the fourth, but I get, I get what you're saying. I kid. At Bridger Hill. To win both games this week, we need a committee game step up by Mormons, Frank Bartley no the committees. Winder, Sharp, and Worthington. All others stay consistent. You need a team win. Yeah. Essentially. You need, you need an Anson Winder type performance off the bench. Frank Bartley, where have you been? BYU needs Frank Bartley. He's a good player. Love this tweet coming in. Not necessarily related to our Twitter topic, but it's coming from at Sandy Plymail. She says, my husband, Dwayne Plymel, is a pretty faithful listener from Jackson, Ohio. What is up? Dwayne. Dwayne from Jackson, Ohio. Please give him a shout out. Well, here's your shout out, Dwayne. BYU Sports Nation. There was shouting going on. Represent. That's fantastic. Keep your tweets coming across BYU Sports Nation. Which BYU player needs to step their game up to compensate for the banged up big men? Up next on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougar football team only has three quarterbacks on the roster Omaha. right now after a transition or a, a transfer. Big deal? No deal. Find out next. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. BYU coaches hopeful that. Nate Austin, who just brought us back, will play tonight against Portland despite an ankle injury just a couple of days ago. How's that for realist, Jerem? That's very real, Spencer. (laughs) 
<laughs> Welcome back to the show. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. You can follow our individual accounts at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. It's game day. BYU Hoops, women's hoops is on BYU TV at 9 Eastern tonight. Spencer's already dressed up for it. Yep. He'll need a nap in the afternoon, otherwise he'll get grocery. And the men ho- host, uh, or they play at Portland tonight, 10 Eastern on BYU Radio. Not only am I the green room snack guy. Green room nap guy. I am the green room nap guy. This is a fact. <laughs> a scientific fact. It's a scientific fact. Which BYU player needs to step up their game to compensate for the banged-up big men tonight as BYU Men's Hoop takes on Portland looking for a sixth straight win? That is our Twitter topic today. Send your tweets using the hashtag BYUSN. We're going to... I'm liking this. I'm liking the feel of the show, Jerem. We've already done Know the Foe, and now we're bringing back some heated debate. It's time for Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. Number one. BYU only having three QBs on the roster. Big deal. That's straight up a big deal. They had five last season. They've only got three now. My argument is, what happens if Taysom Hill gets hurt? And in this offense, the quarterback is expected to do a lot. The quarterback gets hit a lot. It's, he's one play away. He's already had a season-ending injury. What happens if Taysom Hill goes down, even for just a few series in a critical game? You have got to have a guy that can come in and get the job done. The backup quarterback role in NFL play is obviously huge, but now it's transitioning to the college game as well. We're like, look, you got to have a guy that can get it done. You can't just rely on your QB1. What if Taysom Hill goes down? Who steps up? It's a big deal. The Cougars need to have someone capable and confident in that backup role. Big deal, faux show, because you only have three. You can't even practice fully. The three are Taysom Hill, Christian Stewart, Billy Green now. Billy Green played a couple snaps against Idaho State. Christian Stewart was at BYU, the scout squad quarterback back in the day, or quarterback. Uh, transferred to Snow, he came back post-mission. BYU needs two guys, and signing day is February 5th. Uh, BYU for spring ball, I, I don't know what they're going to do. They only have three quarterbacks for spring ball, unless they're going to bring in a couple walk-ons just to fill. I imagine that's what they'll do, but we're talking about August. BYU needs five capable quarterbacks. Number two, Kyle Van Noy impressing during Senior Bowl week. This is a big deal. Kyle Van Noy kind of fell off the radar a little bit because BYU didn't have an... Uh, it took, to go off something off, something Jerem says, a great season. They had a good season because they won eight games, five losses. They had some notable wins. Kyle Van Noy was good in some of those notable wins, but he didn't make as much noise as he did last year. So this is a big deal that he's getting it done during Senior Bowl week. Just ask Ziggy Ansa. Ziggy Ansa is the exception. I don't think that you can compare that to Kyle. I don't think that you can really raise your draft stock that much uh, if you performed well on the field. What? Like, look at the guy and see if he performs well in the games. That's the ultimate barometer. So the answer there that I should have said at the beginning and I didn't, but I am now, is no deal. Really? Yeah. Number three. Who cares if he runs fast? Frank Bartley averaging only three minutes a game during the five-game win streak. No deal. Frank Bartley is a good player. BYU has a lot of good players. They've won five games in a row. Why, Why is it an issue? Other people are stepping up. Frank Frank did a great thing for BYU early on in the season, and I'm not taking anything away from what he did do. Don't you dare take it away. But right now, <laughs> why? Why does it matter? They have a good thing going. If Frank Bartley is seeing limited minutes right now, why is that a big deal? They've won five straight games. They're, they're back in the winning mojo. No deal. Big deal to me because you you need him. If you're going to get to the NCAA tournament and actually win a game there, if you're going to beat Gonzaga, you need you need guys like Frank Bartley. So Frank Bartley, he's only shot the ball four times during this win streak, and he has zero points. They've won five in a row. Why do you need him? But you escaped against San Francisco. You won by 10 against Santa Clara. I mean, that could have been a closer game. And if Frank Bartley provides something, it's not a close game. It's about the bench, number four. BYU Volleyball slowly ascending the rankings. No deal. Because Chris McGowan likes the fact that BYU is not the number one team in America right now. He likes, seven. he likes to be the team that is pulling off the upset, that's, that's beating a team that's ranked higher than him. The, 
while there is always a target on the back of BYU Volleyball because they're one of the nation's powerhouses, they are Texas football. BYU Volleyball is in that sport. They just are. But if you can kind of sneak back up the rankings after a slow start, take advantage of that. You fall off the radar even a little bit. I agree with Chris McGowan. Like they, they like that. So it's, it's no deal that they're slowly going back up the rankings. It's week four. They were two in the preseason, lost the first two, went to number nine, won, won both, went to number uh, eight, and now seven. So BYU, no respect in the rankings, but I say no deal because it doesn't matter. BYU's leading the MPSF with Pepperdine at 4-0 in conference. No deal. Number five. The parody in the West Coast Conference. Big deal. I love it as a fan. But I do not like it as a guy who wants to see the West Coast Conference get more than one team into the NCAA tournament. I like to see teams beat up on each other. It makes for a more interesting regular season conference race, but it does no good for the NCAA tournament. So it's a big deal because the WCC, if things happen to fall a certain way, might only get one team into the NCAA tournament. And that would be Gonzaga. Gonzaga's going to get into the NCAA tournament. The Zags have so much respect nationally. They play a tough schedule. They win a bunch of games. They're going to be in there, even if they don't win the regular season, in my opinion. But I think they'll win the regular season in the conference. They slipped up at Portland. But to me, yeah, it's a big deal because BYU uh, wants to get in the NCAA tournament. But you, you need some top-heavy teams. Number six. Countdown to Connecticut. 217. Yeah. No deal. (laughs) That is a huge deal. It's a big deal. Football is right around the corner. It is almost here. Wait, what? No. March 3rd, by the way, is the start of spring practice. We've mentioned it before. Only three QBs. Recruiting's big right now. BYU has 13 days until signing day, which, by the way, on BYU Sports Nation, we'll talk to Bronco Mendenhall in studio and break it all down uh, the next day, Thursday, February 6th. Wednesday, February 5th, that night, 8 Eastern, hour-long special on BYU TV with Bronco Mendenhall in studio, hosted by one Spencer Linton, breaking down the every signing day recruit, high school, JC, and return missionary. No one else is going to do anything close to what we're doing on that show. Tune in. I hope Bronco Mendenhall is okay with the Green Room Snack Guy hosting that show. Green Room Nap Guy might, well, hopefully that guy shows up well-rested. <laughs> okay, we wrap up. Big deal, no deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a chance to call an Omaha. Any Omaha! One, any one of those six that we just debated, do you want to add a final thought to any one of those six? You have 15 seconds. Jerem? Oh, hey, what's up? Jerem? Only having three QBs on the roster. I think BYU's in a pickle right now because they have to bring somebody in for signing day. They have, they've got to sign someone for on that. Alex Caressa was the 2011 quarterback signed. Went on a mission, was supposed to come back, uh, still be on a mission. He's he's home early. He's at Snow. So that guy's gone. Ammon Olsen, gone. BYU needs... Jason Munn's graduated. Jason Munn's graduated. You probably need a JC guy and a high school guy, unless they think they can get two high school guys. But even then, they're young. BYU TV football analyst David Nixon joined us on the show earlier this week, and he says Taysom Hill told him coaches have a big task at hand in recruiting. I talked to actually Taysom last night, and Taysom was like, look, the coaches have got a, a big task at hand. They, they've got to go out there and recruit some players that can come in and play in this system. Because of right now, you look at some of the other backups, Billy Green, I mean, he's definitely not your uh, right option, you know, run threat quarterback. And so uh, the coaching staff is probably scrambling right now, looking for some recruits, maybe some JUCO guys to bring in uh, that, that can be that backup to Taysom in case something happens. They're Division I football coaches. I have the utmost confidence that BYU will be able to fill those spots. It's just a matter of who they can get in a short amount of time. You'd hope that Ammon Olsen, there was some indication prior to this week that this might happen so that BYU could compensate for it, but maybe not. BYU is hitting the recruiting trail really hard right now, 13 days until signing day, but they've got to bring in some quarterbacks. Who now the Taysom Hill replacement long term? That's Tanner Mangum. That's kind of he's penciled in. He's going to have to win the job. But in terms of just talent coming out of high school, he was an elite eleven guy with Jameis Winston of Florida State, super talented out of Boise. He's kind of the guy that you pencil in for twenty sixteen as uh, a possible starter as a redshirt freshman or sophomore. But you hope to have a couple guys in the mix there, and BYU's going to bring those guys in this season. I'm going to say two words that I don't like to say. Quarterback controversy. 
not so much who's going to start, but what do you do about number two? Hey, is the parity in the West Coast Conference good or bad from a conference commissioner's point of view? We're talking hoops next with West Coast Conference Commissioner Jamie Zaninovich. He'll join us live. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Taysom Hill, one of three BYU quarterbacks on the current roster right now after the transfer of Ammon Olsen to Southern Utah, reuniting with former BYU coach Gary Croton, who's now going to run the offense in Cedar City, Utah. Cedar! Two, two spots open for the BYU football team and not a lot of time to film. Interesting stuff. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Jerem. Thank you. It's You're- game day. I love game day, Spencer. And we've got you covered here. Women's Hoops is on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. You're calling that game. What's one word to describe that game? Uh, interesting. Uh, okay. BYU no. gets San Francisco. That's at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. And then, now Men's Hoops, 10 Eastern on BYU Radio at Portland. Recapping some of our top stories. Nate Austin, at Rexasaurus Rex on Twitter. <laughs> Must go faster. Okay, Nate Austin. <laughs> Is going to be potentially playing tonight. BYU coach is hopeful that coming off an ankle injury, he'll come out and play. That's amazing. Hopefully he can go and be effective. If he's not effective, don't don't put him out there. I was worried he wasn't going to be able to play at all against Gonzaga. Can the dude walk, let alone play, against Portland tonight? Crazy. Which BYU Hoops player needs to step their game up to compensate for some banged up bigs? That is our Twitter question today. I have some fantastic tweets coming in uh, to my personal account. The first coming from at Joel Hillen. Get with it, Spencer. The only thing that matters right now is hashtag free Bieber. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not familiar with what happened to Justin Bieber, Google it. Just Google it. Devin Devin Smith at Laser Sheep, he just said, Nate Austin playing hurt equals great game. In my little league, the hurt kid always hit hashtag Griffey bombs into Valley Fair Mall parking lot. Wow. Okay. Use hashtag BYUSN. At JN Whiting, Bronson Kafusi <laughs> needs to step up. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine <laughs> tonight the excitement with BYU Sports Nation of Bronson Kafusi? It's never going to end. <laughs> Was suited up. Oh, my. <laughs> BYU and Portland tonight. Whether Nate Austin plays or not, for me, the player or players that need to step up, I don't care who it is, the three-point shooting needs to be there. It is the great equalizer. So whether it's Skylar Halford, Anson Winder, Tyler Hawes, Matt Carlino, the Cougars need to shoot a decent percentage from the three-point range to compensate for having banged up big men. That's just what has to happen. They have to shoot at least 38-40% from the three-point line if they want to win in Portland. Under Dave Rose, BYU is 3-0 at Portland, by the way. The, uh, two of which were WCC games. The average margin of victory for Dave Rose at Portland, 20 points for BYU. They beat Portland by 20 points on average. Tonight's game's interesting because if Nate Austin can't go, Nicholas and Vandermars are not huge offensive threats for Portland. It's more Bailey and Presley and Wintering, their uh, freshman point guard. But they rebound the ball really well. BYU, by the way, is one of the top rebounding teams in all of America. The number one in WCC and rebounding margin, led by Nate Austin's 8.2 per game. So I think rebounds could have a, a big impact in the game if Nate Austin doesn't go. Josh Sharp, Luke Worthington have to go in there and get boards. Well, because <laughs> Nate Austin's not a scorer. He's not providing points. So that can happen through other guys. It's basically rebounding and playing good post defense. Remember, Portland beat Gonzaga. They did. They shot 62% from the field, defended so well. That was probably the peak of what their season will be. If, if they do better than that, that's pretty good. They beat uh, number 22. Yeah, they knocked off a ranked team. And a team they hadn't beat in a long time. They had lost 17 in a row at home to Gonzaga. That's why they, they stormed, stormed the court. That's why they huge, stormed the court. It was a big win. I'm usually kind of weird about in-conference games and, and that happening, but I am totally fine with fans storming the court because they had not beat them at home in 17 straight And they tries. only did it once. I mean, smart fans only do it once, right? Yes. Zing! <laughs> you can read into that how you would want. Have been, would have been nice to win that game, but yeah. Which BYU Hoops player needs to step their game up to compensate for the banged-up bigs? I'm seeing a lot of Josh Sharp. I'm seeing some Luke Worthington and a lot of Frank Bartley the fourth. 
he has not played a lot of minutes. In Big Deal, No Deal, we discussed whether or not that was a big deal. No, I said no deal because they've won five straight games. I guess Frank can prove you right, Jeremy. Say it's a big deal. We need him off the bench if he has an opportunity to play tonight and does some good things. He hasn't scored. He has not scored in the five-game win streak. That is crazy. Yeah, I, th- I think if you had Frank Bartley contributing a little bit, you know, where are the minutes? That's another question for a guy like Frank Bartley. But if you had something from him, that that only helps. Uh, but Anson Winder was huge against Santa Clara. I think maybe he can contribute a little bit more. But what the likely scenario is that you just get a little more from Haas, a little more from Mika, a little more from Kyle and Matt that carry that. Who steps up tonight? BYU and Portland. Joining us in just moments, West Coast Conference Commissioner Jamie Zaninovich. We're going to ask him about the parity in the WCC, tackle some other topics, kind of find out from his perspective what it's like to be in the war room of the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. He's one of 10 uh, people on the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. That's really important. And, And when the WCC is discussed, he has to leave the room. But that process is very interesting, and he's a key player in that. We welcome in the commissioner of the West Coast Conference, Jamie Zaninovich, to BYU Sports Nation, making his show debut. Jamie, great to have you with us. Nice to be with you, Spencer. And, uh, Jerem, nice to hear from you again as well. Now, I, we just talked about some things we want to know. For me, when I found out we were talking to you, I was like, I've, I've got to know what it's like to be in the war room when you're selecting 68 teams for the NCAA tournament. Is that the single most stressful uh, moment of each and every year for you? <laughs> Uh, it's the single most exhausting, um, <laughs> for sure. It's a it's a grueling process, but uh, but it's fascinating and and humbling to be a part of, and uh, and a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, you know the stakes are high uh, in what has become such a high profile event and and such a great event, uh, March Madness. That um you know we take our responsibility very seriously, and uh, we grind and grind and grind and grind until until we get it right. Now, what kind of effect does this have on your daily life as you have to be informed of what goes on across the country in college hoops? How much do you consume and how often? Yeah, so that's a good question. So they, they, the committee, the NCAA staff working with the men's basketball committee does a pretty good job of helping us sort of organize ourselves. So the way we divide things is we're all assigned certain primary and secondary conferences to monitor, um, not to advocate for, but to monitor and watch and report on in terms of our opinions of the strength of those conferences. So, for example, this year I have seven conferences, three of which are primary, four secondary. Um, just as an example, my primary conferences are the Big 12, Conference USA, and the Southland Conference. So I'll pay particular attention to those conferences because I'll be responsible on a monthly basis, really starting uh, this month on reporting out on the relative strength of the programs, the teams in those conferences. Uh, and then as the reporting happens throughout the year, we get a, a better sense of nationally sort of who we should look for. And, it's, you know, you have to be efficient with your time. Um, you know, the most important work that we do are those final selections. So, um, you know, there are certain teams that you know you're sort of watching for seeding as the as the uh, year goes along, and there's others you're watching for selection, and, and you have to manage your time effectively. So on, a, on any given day, I'm probably watching – either parts, all or parts of between, you know, four and six games. Uh, but I have spreadsheets knowing which teams are on when, on what channels, and by, by conference, by date. Uh, and then, you know, I have to balance that with wanting to make sure I keep an eye on all the West Coast Conference games, which is, uh, which is my primary and most important job. So, West Coast Conference Commissioner Jamie Zaninovich joining BYU Sports Nation. Look, there's so much parity in the West Coast Conference right now. Teams are beating up each other. We talked a lot about Portland upsetting Gonzaga, St. Mary's winning on a, or losing on a buzzer beater at, to Santa Clara, LMU and Pepperdine beat BYU. As a commissioner, do you prefer the parity compared to years where you're top heavy and and that almost allows uh, a place for more national relevance and, and thus getting maybe some more teams into the tournament? What do you think about the two sides? Yeah, I think it's, a, you know, from a long-term focus standpoint, you know, having the parity that we have now, you know, five teams in the, that's half the conference in the top 100 of the RPI, which has not happened in a long time, and I don't think we have a single team outside the, t- uh, the top 200, which which puts us in a different category than we've been before. From a long-term perspective, all those things are, 
are really positive and shows that the trends of the conference from a relative strength top to bottom are, are trending in the right direction. Uh, you know, from a selection standpoint, selections is tricky because, um, you know, in most every conference, separation has something to do with selection too. So, you know, if you're looking just specifically in terms of teams selected the NCAA tournament, you know, uh, a commissioner's worst nightmare is, you know, everybody ends up nine and nine. Um, where you have great parity but no differentiation uh, is the reality. So we're in one of those years where I think we're sort of less differentiated but certainly much deeper, and, and there's great parity, which, is, which is, is good for all of our programs and certainly over the long term a really good thing for the West Coast Conference. And it's early. Lots of basketball to be played. That separation uh, could still happen. Jamie Zaninovich, West Coast Conference Commissioner, is on BYU Sports Nation. I want to get to the real question, Jamie. When will football be added to the West Coast Conference? Yeah! <laughs> San Diego, BYU, we need some more. (laughs) That's funny that you mentioned that. Our our, uh, athletic director, Kai Snyder, at BYU, before um, BYU was in the West Coast Conference, he used to start every athletic director meeting with a a motion to add football to the conference, uh, which never never got seconded. Um, Now I guess if he did that, we might have a second, uh, potentially. But, uh, you know, listen, we we understand uh, sort of our appropriate positioning in this whole college athletics landscape. We are certainly a basketball and volleyball, soccer, baseball, tennis otherwise focused conference. Um, and there are certainly some, some trade-offs of not having football. And, and for us and for schools like ours, there's, there's some benefits of not having football too. So uh, I think it's most important just to sort of know who you are and, and not try to be something that you're not and use those opportunities of, uh, of who you are to, uh, to build and focus on the things that are most important to you from a priority standpoint. But you still make it to a BYU football game every year. I applaud you for that. I do get to Provo a Saturday every fall. Um, the the, the, the little-known truth of that is that, along with the football game, I always either attend a uh, volleyball game or a soccer game. So this year uh, I had a great weekend. Uh, I saw BYU beat Utah in women's soccer on a, on a late penalty kick. Craziness there. Packed, packed stadium, great environment, and then the next day I got to see uh, Texas get taken apart by Taysom Hill. So well that was, done. Uh, that was exciting too. West Coast Conference Commissioner Jamie Zaninovich joining BYU Sports Nation. Las Vegas is a great vacationing spot for a lot of people. It is the place of the West Coast Conference tournament. How has your relationship with the city of Vegas and the Orleans Arena transpired and become so productive in terms of? Uh, the West Coast Conference going down there each year for the tournament? Well, our relationships really deepened uh, with Las Vegas. You know, we, um, <clears throat> the press conference of my hiring here in 2008 uh, came five minutes after the press conference announcing that uh, we were going to take our basketball championship to Las Vegas. So um, I can't take any credit for the vision. Uh, we've just sort of tried to execute to the best of our ability. But we didn't really know what we had in 2008. We knew we were at a neutral site, that it was a good building in a, in a destination city. Uh, we had marketing plans laid out to try to figure out how to sell tickets, and lo and behold, in year one, we sold out you know, two, two months uh, before the first game, um, which was exciting for everybody. And we've basically had sold-out crowds um, every year since then. Um, we do have a few limited tickets to sell, just so people know uh, still that there's some limited tickets to sell for the Orleans, which should be a great tournament this year. So go to uh, WCCSports.com uh, for all that information if people are interested in tickets. But we, we've had sellouts. Um, you know, after the first couple years, we then, uh, I guess a year ago, extended our agreement with the Orleans Arena through um, 2016, and we have an option for years beyond that. Uh, it's a great venue for those that have been there. It's the right size for us. The amenities are great. It's a good location. Um, you know, nice hotel next door. Um, and uh, we've also deepened our relationship with Las Vegas Events, who is the sports commission uh, of the city, and they've they've come on board to help support the event in a in a significant way. And and that's going to accrue a lot of marketing and financial benefits to us as well. So uh, it's it's just a great event. Uh, this year we'll also expand our team. You know, we'll move the the tournament one day later to a Tuesday final. We'll get more ESPN television. Uh, we are working on uh, what we've done in the past with BYU TV, which has been very successful for them covering all the non uh, ESPN games. Uh, but for this year, I should say that uh, we have we'll now have one semifinal and the final on ESPN. And then the other semifinal and both quarterfinals will all be on uh, ESPN2. So uh, unprecedented national coverage as well. So that's a long way of saying that Las Vegas has been very good for us, and I, I'm not sure our relationship could be any deeper than it, uh, than it is right now. 
And you mentioned the change uh, as Jamie Zaninovich, West Coast Conference Commissioner, is on BYU Sports Nation. You now have Pacific in the conference, 10 teams. The format has now changed where if you're in the top two, uh, top two seeds, you don't just get a bye to the semis. You still have to play now the quarter. So everyone's got to win at least three games. Seven through 10 would have to win four games. How do you think that will affect uh, the conference tournament this year? Well, I think it's a, you know, the way it's playing out, it's a perfect year to go to a, to a more open format. Um, I'd, I'd like to give us credit for having that, uh, that foresight, but uh, I'll put that in the better lucky than good category. Uh, you know, I think the, the way it changes things is, first of all, we're going to have two really phenomenal quarterfinal days, one for the women on Friday. Uh, we'll, we'll have four games, um, you know, if seeds held, one, eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five seeded games. And then the same thing on Saturday for the men. And, and I just anticipate those being great days of basketball, uh, you know, four elimination games, you know, one for the women on one day, all in one day, one for the men all in one day. Um, I, I think it'll be significant. It's going to be make it a little bit more challenging for the top seeds. But that was uh, the membership intentionally decided to do that because uh, they felt that we had a deeper conference than we've ever had. So we'll just have to see how it, it plays out. But certainly I think it'll bring uh, great energy to the building. And, uh, and we think a lot of excitement. Jamie Zaninovich, the West Coast Conference Commissioner on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Jamie, how much free time do you have, if any, and what do you do when you're not watching basketball or consuming some form of West Coast Conference sport? <laughs> well, I mostly spend it chasing my five- and seven-year-old boys around. Um, I, I try to sneak when I'm not on the road or, or not um, – in basketball season, I, I try to stay active in our community here with our kids and sneak away and assistant, not head coach, but assistant coach soccer and t-ball and all those things. So, uh, you know, that balance piece is important to me with everything else uh, we have going on and uh, here in the West Coast Conference. But uh, uh, we like to travel. We're, we're fortunate we get to travel places um, with the basketball committee work and some of the commissioner work as well. And, um, you know, as they say about college athletics, you know, this is not a this is not a job. You have to sign up for a lifestyle. So, luckily, I have an incredibly supportive wife who's signed up for uh, for this lifestyle and and all that it uh, all that it offers, which is which is significant, and and we're very thankful for that. Well, manage your time well. We appreciate your time on this show, and look forward to uh, seeing you in Vegas. Absolutely, thanks, guys, for having me on, and um, we will see you in Las Vegas. Should be exciting and uh, be interesting to watch how the Cougars do on their uh, road trip north. That's a tough one this year, and they're playing great, so it should be great games. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Jamie. Take care, guys. Coming up, which former Cougar had surgery, and how long will he be out of action? Plus, the new ESPN Bracketology Bracket. Is BYU in? On the bubble? Out? We'll tell you next. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs! Tyler Haas and the BYU Cougars taking on the Portland Pilots as BYU goes for six straight wins tonight, all in West Coast Conference play. Just found out that coaches are hopeful that Tyler's teammate Nate Austin will play despite an ankle injury in practice earlier this week. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. We have a new bracketology to get to, but not before we whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the association. Jimmer! Fredette scored 14 points in 18 minutes of play in the Kings' loss to the Rockets last night. He went four for six from three. Yeah. Brandon Davies had surgery Tuesday on a broken right finger, by the way. Expected to miss four to six weeks. Women's basketball. The 14-4 Cougars host the San Francisco Dons in the biggest game of the year tonight. 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Why is it the biggest? Because it's the next, right? Amen. BYU is 8-2 all-time against USF. I am already dressed up and ready to call the game, but not before a nap. Men's volleyball. BYU hosts Stanford and Pacific this weekend, both live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. Junior outside hitter Josue Rivera missed practice yesterday with a back injury. He could still play this weekend. And freshman opposite Tim Dobbert from Germany could also make his Cougar debut after sitting out with an ankle injury. Tomorrow, men's volleyball senior middle blocker Devin Young will join BYU Sports Nation, as will Gonzaga play-by-play man Tom Hudson. Who gets our rise and shout today, Jerem? 
Let us let us uh, give it to Nate Austin in an attempt to get him some form of uh, BYU Sports Nation karma to be able to play tonight effectively or at all. BYU needs him absolutely. Oh, by the way, Sports Nation karma. Uh, we should note Jennifer Hampson joined us yesterday, mm. so watch for Jen. Mm. Yes, to have a big game against San Francisco. Oh yes, tonight. In the biggest game of the year. <laughs> Called by Spencer Linton. One game. One woman. One piece of karma. Okay, cut Next. the Gregorian chant. Let's go to Twitter. <laughs> tweet, tweet. Which BYU Hoops player needs to step up their game and compensate for the banged up bigs? At Harper, Anderson says, no question, it's Josh Sharp. He is best utilized as a rebounder, especially offensive. That's what Austin does best. He brings up a good point. Nate Austin is the 11th ranked offensive rebounder in BYU history, and that's just halfway through his junior year. He is the, I believe, second leading rebounder in the West Coast Conference right now. Fact. Nate Austin is a big deal. So if he can play, whether it's limited or not, it will help. But I feel like someone's still going to have to step up. I don't think Nate's going to be 100%. How can you be 100%? Yeah. But if you play him tonight, that means that you think he's going to be well enough to play against Gonzaga. Because you need, I, w- I would save him for Gonzaga if he's that banged up. We teased the bracket. We should mention what's going on there. Yes. So BYU, in the latest Bracketology by Joe Lenardi, published this morning, has BYU as an 11 seed in the tournament playing Oklahoma in Spokane. Where is that game played? Spokane. No, I mean where in Spokane? Probably at... Home of the Zags, right? Is that, is that where they host it? I don't know for sure. Interesting. Are there is there another better gym than Gonzaga's in I Spokane? I don't know. Some places are like random the gyms. The YMCA Rec Center <laughs> will host Oklahoma and Brigham Young. I love that you're not sarcastic at all. <laughs> the winner of that game would play San Diego State and Irvine. So BYU in 11 seed. When you look at the last four teams and the last four teams out, where does BYU fall? So BYU's uh, one of the last four buys, meaning by uh, avoiding Dayton. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's good news. Win, and you get noticed. I would love Even very much. Even if it's against San Francisco and Santa Clara. I would love very much for BYU if they get into not be in the playing game. It just ta- It's so tough. You don't want to BYU to play-in. come back down 25 that against was, Iona? That was awesome. That was fun. That was really cool. And I'm glad they did that, but it's so hard to, to get up for another game just uh, two days later. It's just really difficult, or three days later, whatever it is. The fact that BYU's in, though, this is good. Keep winning and stay in and climb. Our old friend F. Ruiz 801 said, Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton's pop culture references are always on point. Thanks, F. Ruiz. Free Bieber! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to our guest today, Jamie Zaninovich. And Justin Bieber and everyone on our crew. <laughs> producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Shaline, show contributor Tim Tebow, production assistant Alan Miller, Spencer King, and engineer Aaron Evans. Tim Tebow. If we're going to say Bieber, we throw in Tebow, right? Just for ratings? <laughs> Give me a lyric from a Bieber song, Jerem. I don't know. Okay, good answer. Good answer. Check out our new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page for show links and much more. You can listen to episodes of the show Do on demand me? at BYURadio.org. I knew you had one. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. You've just listened to BYU Sports Nation. It's game day. Beauty in a beat?